going to turn to Acts chapter 20 this morning to begin, then we'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Acts chapter 20. Paul is addressing the church, telling them he's about to leave. And he's just told them that he knows after his departure that the dreadful wolves will be among you, not sparing the flock. He's just laying it out. What's going to happen when he's out of the picture? But there's a particular verse in verse, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, that I want to look at specifically this morning. Then we'll move into, his, into the word further in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. I am glad to be back at MAG today. There's no place I'd rather preach in the world than right here. And that's the truth. He's called me to do a lot of things, but there's no place I'd rather be than at MAG Church on Highway 12 in Mauriceville, Texas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. going to give a few verses around it so we can hear context in verse acts chapter 20 verse 32 says now brothers i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified i have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those which are with me. In all these I have shown you how, working like this, you must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Christ who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Here in December in the so-called season of giving. I said that on purpose. Paul quoting Jesus in one of his final addresses. He says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I thought it interesting that this is what God laid on my heart for many reasons. For one thing, people hate for you to preach on giving. (laughs) How many of you know that giving is part of the Word of God? It's part of our worship. Yes? Already down to three amens. That didn't take long. It's part of our worship. But it's not only part of our worship when you're His. It's part of who you are. It's part of who you are. I'm going to remind you of the most, one of the most famous verses in the Word of God. In John 3.16, John wrote, talking to Nicodemus, he said, For God so loved the world that he gave. When, you're, when he's the Lord of your life, it's not only what you do and a part of your worship, it is who you are. It's who you are. 
Now see, I can preach with some comfort and confidence today because I can tell you with all truth that Mag Church is one of the most giving churches I've ever seen anywhere, at any time, and any place. That's just the truth. You say, hmm, you're still wondering. I'm fixing to take this thing on a route that you're not expecting. I'm fixing to speak to a generation that needs to hear truth. Maggie, might as well join me. It's rainy outside and the wall lights are not on, so it's too dark in here. It's making you sleepy, but you might as well just join me. I get all of the elements. We overcome all that. If you want to know why we are in a selfish generation... Can I ask you a question before I even move? Would you agree with the pastor this morning that we are in a selfish generation? If you want to know why we are in a selfish generation, we've never been taught to give. Oh, mom and dad and grandma and grandpa have been taught to give, and they have given. And one of the things they've given is they've given to their children without any expectation of their responsibility. They just give and expect nothing back. Now, there is a a kind of giving that should expect nothing back, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about teaching the generations. I've told you I'm fixing to take it on a turn that you're not expecting. If you want to know why people can't find help to keep their businesses open, it's because we have a generation that doesn't want to work for what they receive. There's not a shortage of people. There's not a human resources shortage. Hear me, church. We've raised a give-it-to-me generation, a you-owe-me generation. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. We have come to the place that we, we have a generation that doesn't understand anything about cause and effect. So there's a disconnect between work and resources. Between give me, hey, hello, my name is Jimmy. What will you give me? It's why people will give their rights away. for something free. Let me help you. That is Esau's bowl of beans. Maybe you don't know what that is. But whatever you have an expectation, but you're willing to give it away for nothing, for a momentary satisfaction, when you can't keep the big picture in mind, when you've been taught that, you are, that everything comes to me but nothing goes from me. It's Esau's bowl of beans. Esau was the firstborn son. He had the, he had the birthright and the right to full inheritance. But because he was hungry one day, he was willing to give his brother his birthright 
Jacob deceived him, no doubt. Well, actually, Jacob deceived his father. Esau freely gave away what it was his to have for a momentary satisfaction. And then when the moment of truth came, he wanted, his, he wanted what was his back, but he had given it away for temporary relief. That's where we're at. I want to remind you of a little something that's from Paul, so that if it's from Paul, that makes it New Testament. There's some people that that matters, like it's all not the Word of God. So let me help you with something that matters, and that it's New Testament. Are you ready for it? Paul was given instruction to the church when he left and the things they needed to get done and the things that needed to happen for them to be successful. And he said, and let me remind you that if a man does not work, let me say it again, but if a man does not work, a man does not eat. So let me just go ahead and give you some headlines at the beginning and go ahead and get you mad to start with. That way it'll get better maybe from here. I would, my friend Jason was preaching. He said, I'd love to tell you it gets better from here, but it doesn't. <laughs> let me help you. God doesn't owe you anything. He's gave everything already, and it's yours for the taking, if you believe. He's given you everything. Hey, am I talking to a, am I talking to a, a civic meeting here, or am I at Mag Church? So I need to know, am I, am, am I at the Lions Club, or am I at Mag Church this morning? Lions Club bores me. I'm a preacher, not a civic leader. God has given, he said, he's free. he said, this is God who, well, have I not given, freely given you all things? Word of God tells me that he's given me everything as it pertains to life and to godliness. God's not going to do, hey, listen to me closely because God is always performing his word. He says he watches over his word to perform it. He's performing what he's already said but he's not gonna do anything else. He's already done, are you listening to me? Everybody's waiting on God to do something. God has already done all that he's going to do. Now he will watch over his word to perform it when you obey it and walk in faith with him, he'll perform his word. Come on somebody, come on somebody. I'm getting down to real because somebody's gotta say something. Somebody's got to preach. I'm not here to preach some foolish prosperity gospel or some suffering gospel. I'm here to preach the balanced word of the truth and it's between the leather, between Genesis and the Revelation that is what God says to his people and it's how you live. It said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive and we no longer know that. And we no longer know what it even means. Now, I will admit, 
It's on behalf of some of my so-called colleagues that people are afraid to preach the truth of the Word of God as it pertains to giving. I understand the charlatans that have destroyed the Word of God as it pertains to giving and what it means to give and to receive. I'm not even going to talk about tithing this morning because I'm going to tell you I don't care what Creflo Dollar or anybody else has said that tithing is scriptural and if you're a born again child of God you're already doing it. I should have no need to address it. Come on. Well, that's un- I, don't, I can't take any time today because I don't have time for foolishness. Well, that was under the law. But I will remind you, go read Hebrews chapter 7, and you're going to find out that the tithe predated the law. That there was a king of Salem named Melchizedek, and that Abraham took his tithe through the king. And he says that we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That it's Jesus Christ. That, that Melchizedek represented an eternal kingdom. He said he had no father, he had no mother, he had no beginning, he had no end. And this was established before Moses was ever a thought. I don't have to preach to the church about the tithe. Or I shouldn't have to. I want to preach to the church and to a generation who has always been given but has never learned to give. You say, well, I give my time and I give my time and all that is all part of it. But I want you to be really clear this morning that I am talking about giving of our financial resources as well as our time, as well as our energy, as well as our prayer. I am talking about all of it, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. The Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God is in you, then we've been talking about the spirits that we are up against and the spirits that work through us for weeks. But I'll tell you this, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have a generous spirit in you. Do you even know that? That the nature of God is generous. It's the spirit that drove Judas. When after he had been indwelled by the the spirit of the enemy himself, the Bible says. Are you with me? Let me come down here. I can better tell when I'm down here. Just get down where you're at. You say, boy, this is my first Sunday. I can't believe I come in the first Sunday. I want to, Mag Church. Just so we get it settled, how many times in four years have you heard me preach on giving? Y'all should have reprimanded me. Dick and Board, you should have reprimanded me. It's part part of the problem with this generation. It's why we have businesses closed with no one to work when we have have plenty of people to put in the... It just hit me. I've been studying this stuff all week. We We were in the airport in Amsterdam looking for something to eat. And at, at 1.30, quarter to two in the afternoon, the restaurants were closing in one of the busiest airports in the world. At two o'clock, before two o'clock in the afternoon, I said, what is going on? Why can't we eat? We don't have enough help. I said, oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. Got it. I, you've got to ask yourself some hard questions today. 
I need you to ask yourself some hard questions today. Maybe not for yourself, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, but for the people you raised and are raising. Hopefully, it's not, hopefully we're not that afflicted. <laughs> and by the way, it is an affliction. A society cannot support itself that won't work. Let me talk in some terms you understand because, man, I can be as right-wing as I want to at MAG. Nobody's ever going to bother me. That's one thing I figured out. There's, there's people that think, man, I got preachers that are afraid to talk about and just watch right because somebody's going to think they're a Republican. You ought to know by now I don't give a hoot about any of that junk. What's right is right, period. You can call me what you want to. If I'm going to stand on the truth of God's Word and it is right, you can just... Call me whatever you want to. It doesn't matter to me. But what I'm saying is when it comes to the political matters, I mean, you're not going to get in trouble at Mag Church. Nobody's going to say a word to you. But people get nervous when you get right down to the brass tacks of where we're at. Well, I can't afford to give. Luke chapter 21, if you please. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians, but you can turn there real quick. It's going to be written in red, so that's going to be Jesus. Luke chapter 21, verse 1 says, And he looked and saw a rich man putting his gifts in the treasury. And he also saw a poor widow with two mites. And he said, Truly, I tell you that the poor widow has put more than all of them. For all these out of their abundance have their, put their gifts for God. But she, out of her poverty, has put in a, all the living that she had. The only time you ever see me with much written down is when I have to write down before I forget when the Spirit of God begins to deal with me. He started to deal with me this morning. Listen to me. The only way to be a receiver is to be a giver. Scripturally. Oh, people can give you stuff. A receiver and a taker are not the same thing. Somebody hear me. The only way to be a receiver is to be a giver. You are either, boy, people don't like absolute truth, black and white. How many of you know we have a generation that has your truth, our truth, my truth? So can you handle the truth? Can you handle the truth? Somebody look at me. Can you handle the truth? You are either a giver or you're a taker. Whether in the church or in the society, Period. And you're being a giver or a taker has nothing to do with your financial means. The widow's might and the, and the expenses of the treasury of the temple would have been insignificant. Because somebody here is going to say, oh, you're talking to the people that can give lots of money to the church this morning. I got news for you. I make the same amount whether you give or whether you don't. So I don't have any personal investment in preaching what's true. I'm going to get paid the first of the month either way. I'm not on our percentage. I'm not on commission. And I'm not on the government take. 
You are either a giver or you're a taker. And it has nothing to do with how much money you have or how much you can give. It has to do with the condition of your heart and what you do is unto God. If you're not a giver, you are a taker. A taker is nothing more than a counterfeit receiver. Oh, I can't tell. I can't tell where you're at. But it doesn't change what's true. A taker is nothing more than a counterfeit receiver. Why do I say that? Because to, be, to have a giver, you've got to have a receiver. Hear me. I've been in desperate times in my life that I was living for God, but I was flat on my face and I was doing what I needed to do. And, and you know, there's people that they say, there's teeth that if you give, they can get, but you're never going to be in lack. Paul says that's a lie. He told the Philippian church, he said, if it hadn't been for you, I would have starved to death. There's been times in my life that I was on the receiving end. I was a giver, so I was a receiver. And I'm going to tell you, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. But a taker is just a counterfeit, a fraud, a fake receiver. We have people that want everything free from the government, but they won't work. When you've worked all of your life and you hit a place that you're flat on your face and, there, and the government needs to help you, you've worked all of your life, you've invested in everything that we have. You have a skin in the game. And when you're up against the wall, you need something from, your, you need something from what you've given to you, you can receive. Listen to me, conservative. When people have had skin in the game all of their life, they can expect to receive. But whenever you won't, whenever you won't work, whenever you want all the gimmies, when you, whenever, when you went and got a degree, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. When you went and got a degree in gender studies in Lebanese, Cocker Spaniels, and you're $200,000 in debt and you want everybody to just ride it off, you're a taker. Hello? It's still JR. Hey, y'all thought when I went to Africa that JR might change. No. Because it's still the Word of God. Let me see if I'm done with this little list here. A taker can have millions of dollars in the bank. Somebody, praise the Lord. Somebody ought to shout. A taker can have millions. You see, people get so confused. They think giving is about how much you have or don't have. They think taking is about how much you have or don't have. You can have millions in the bank and be a taker. A giver can have almost nothing. You see, a taker only has the resources 
in his possession. They can have millions in their possession. That's all they got. A giver has access to the treasures of heaven. A giver has access to the resources of the one who created it all. A giver has access to the one that owns the th cattle on a thousand hills. The, one, the giver has access to the one who, set, who stepped out on nothing and said, let there be, and nothing became something. A giver has access to the one who holds the whole world in their hand. It says that he can hold the universe in the palm of his hand and he, and he, or he can stretch the, the sky in the span of his hand and hold the waters of the earth in his palm. A giver has access to the one who is limitless. And it has nothing to do. Some of you are bored, but you ought to be shouting. Some of you don't, can't believe I'm saying it, but you ought to be refreshed. You're looking for, you're hoping that you're going to solve it in the next election. Whenever people all over this place would get up and, and preach, thus saith the Lord, you would change this country before the next cycle. Because you would have people that would get up and do what they were supposed to do and do what they were called to do. And no one would be in lack. Cause and effect. I'll be frank with you, you heard me to say it before, but I'm going to say it again. We keep giving, giving, giving to little Johnny, our little princess, our, our little prince, our little princess, our little smart aleck that, that, that won't raise that. They can't even get up and take the, walk the trash out without giving you the grief, but you buy them a new car and send them off in it. And then you wonder why they think they don't have to work. And it all just comes to you. This is good preaching whether you like it or not. You're creating, I'll say it as plain as I know how to say it, you're creating a monster. You're creating an unsustainable situation. You're creating the next Great Depression and you don't even know it. And you think it's a political problem and it's a spiritual problem. I'm going to tell you again, you think it's a political problem. It's a spiritual problem. You think it's a political problem. It's a spiritual problem. Because the church will not stand up and say, honey, you got to get up and you got to do. And when you do, you've got to give. Because to whom much is given. How many of you would like much? Don't be ashamed to say it. Let me put my hand up. Let me put my hand up so you'll be okay. I would like much. I like much. Much is better than lack. To whom much has been given, much shall be required. To whom much is given, much shall be required. I get really tired of people that's never hit a lick at a snake. Now, that's a little bit Arkansas. If y'all need an interpreter, I'll have somebody help you. That's a little bit hillbilly. I get it. They never hit a lick of the snake, but they're telling everybody how to do it. And telling everybody how greedy somebody is for keeping what they work for. I got plenty of time. I've owned a few businesses before. 
Had one little smart aleck punk one time told me, he said, how come I'm only getting paid $8 an hour and you're making all this money? When I'm making all this money for you. He said it. They actually had the nerve to say it to me. I said, because you didn't put your house up for collateral and put everything on the line to open this doors to give you a job. You didn't do that. You didn't weigh awake night and day whenever, whenever the note was coming due and you didn't know if the customers were going to walk through the door or not. And your house was on the line. Your cars were on the line. Your kid's living was on the line. Your job was on the line. Your taxes were on the line. Everything was riding on me. The reason that I get, all, that I get what I get is because I've given what I've given. That's why. And I'm trying to get you to your next level. $20 an hour to work at McDonald's. Give me a break. I ain't mad. I'm telling you what's going on. Church, I'm telling you, if nobody else in the U.S. of A today is telling you what's going on, J.R. Armstrong at Mac Church is telling you what's going on. And I'm telling you that it's a spiritual condition. And there's people at Mag that need to hear it because if, you're made, if, you're, if God is blessing your socks off financially and you're giving nothing back to him, you are a taker. You are, in fact, I'll, I'll talk about the tithe for just a second. You're a thief. You're a thief. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. God's giving you out of abundance. You're making six figures every year and you give nothing to anybody. You just indulge yourself, indulge yourself, indulge yourself, indulge yourself. You are as much a taker as that little 20-year-old punk that won't go to work. Hello! Well, that'll upset the apple cart, but it's still true. It's still true. You want to come and enjoy the, the, the goodness of God and everything that comes with the church and everything that comes, and you don't want to, and you don't do anything with it. But I'm talking about life right now. Nobody, I told you a while ago, God owes you nothing. And somebody needs to hear me right now. There ain't nobody else owes you nothing either. My mama's here today. She moved to Texas. Yeah. So when I say things my mom and dad taught me, she's right here to bear witness. So I can't stretch it. We used to say it this way. My daddy used to tell me often. I, I think it's something that's lost because I don't hear it enough anymore. He'd say, boy, the world don't revolve around you. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Sometimes he would say, it may come as quite a shock to you. But the world doesn't revolve around you. That's a spiritual principle. Right. <laughs> See, because all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made that was made. That's the world doesn't revolve around me. It's all about him. That's right. Well, I just don't have, can we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 real quick, or chapter 8 real quick? Truth. Truth. Second Corinthians chapter eight says, Moreover, brothers, we want you to experience the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How in great 
trial of affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty overflowed. My goodness, I didn't know that deep poverty had abundance. Toward the riches of their what? Generous giving. For I bear record that according to their means and beyond their means, they freely gave, begging us with urgencies that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. See, to have a giver, you have to have a receiver. This they did, not as we expected. First we gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Turn the page for the sake of time to chapter 9. Let's turn to verse 6. Are you there? Chapter 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he which sows bountifully shall also bountifully reap. Every man according to the purposes what I think that's misprinted. It's supposed to say according to what's in his checking account. Or back then they wouldn't have a checking account. So what's in their wallet? It's not in there. It's not in there. Church, it's not in there. It's not in there. Church, it's not in there. Hello, church, it's not in there. According to what he, as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. But God's just demanding that we give. God's demanding nothing. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able Abel in the New Testament, the, the Greek word is dunamis, the same as when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It means that God has the power to make all grace abound toward you, always having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. There's a lot of alls in that scripture. There's a lot of alls in that scripture. Church, there's a lot of alls in that scripture. Y'all know about all. What's all mean? Come on, somebody. What's all mean? All means all. God is able, has the power to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency, and all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, and he has given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower. It's talking about God. Somebody hear me right now. There's spiritual law that applies across the spectrum called sowing and reaping. It's physical law. It's spiritual law. How many know? Uh, this, is, this sounds like Wednesday night, I get it, but the Sunday morning crowd needed to be taught something. That's right. Yes. To he who ministers seed to the sower. 
both minister bread for food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. When you're a giver, you don't even have to buy the seed. It says, he who gives seed. This is not word of, to, word of faith heresy. I just call that stuff out. No, this is not the blab it and grab it and name it and claim it word of faith heresy. It's not what it is. This is the word of God. He that gives seed to the sower. When you're a giver, you don't even have to buy the seed. He'll give it to you. Let me tell you about seed. I looked it up. I just like to use things I can give the example. One kernel of corn, that's a seed that grows the stalk. Is that right? The average, the average ear of corn has 863 kernels on it. He'll give seed, the one, to the sower. One multiplies in abundance. This is not, this is not prosperity gospel. This is spiritual law. It's not about you give and God has to do. Does the farmer say, I planted seed in the ground. God, you have to give me a crop. But the Bible says when a farmer plants, he, ha he waits with expectancy that that seed is going to do exactly what, what it was created to do. I'm laying, I, hey, I knew it wasn't going to be Pentecostal camp meeting this morning. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to know the thing, see, nobody's willing to preach the things that are actually going to change lives and change the church and change this country. These are the things that will change lives, change hearts, change the church, change the country. It's because it's the truth of the word of God. It says, you shall know the truth, that's Jesus Christ, and that's the truth that shall make you free. That's the, and this is, these things are the truth. Our children need to know you have no right to receive what you haven't given. People say, well, I don't have. It says, some gave out of their abundance, some gave out of their lack. Everybody has something to give. Every bite I ever take and taken in my life has been uh, the providence and the grace of God. The ability to stand on my two feet this morning is grace abounding towards me. Air freely moving in and out of my lungs and my heart beating today is the goodness of God. Yes, it's money. Yes, it's time. But I'm talking about the breath. See, he gave me the breath. I need y'all to hear something. I need y'all to hear beyond all of our stupid American hang-ups over giving. God created man out of the dust of the earth. Everything else he spoke into existence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. 
and darkness covered the face of the deep. Yes? It says, and God said, let there be what? Light. And there was. He didn't create the sun and the moon until the third and fourth day. That light in him was life, and the life was a light of men. That's Jesus. The light broke through the darkness. Remember, he said, I am the light of the world. And he will be the light of eternity because the revelation told me that in that city, the new Jerusalem, there would be no need of the sun and the moon and the stars because the lamb would be the light of that city. It said everything else. It said, let there be. Boom, and it was. But when it came to man, it said, and God formed man out of the dust of the earth. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that man became a living soul. That breath in my lungs belongs to God. That's right. That breath in my lungs belongs. See, here's part of giving that you don't even think about. He gave me that. Right. And we sing it about the goodness of God. You can bring back. We're going to sing about the goodness of God here in just a second, Brandon. And then that song, that, that song it has a lyric. It says, every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. Why? I'm going to give it back. See, that's all of everything you've got, God gave you. Everything you've got, God gave you. I don't beat people over the head with being an American. I'm glad I'm an American. America, with all of its problems, it's got plenty. But I have traveled all over the world, literally, and even recently. It's got a lot of problems. But I can tell you, afresh and anew, that there's no place in the world like it. There's no place in the world like it. We've got a generation that says, I don't have nothing. No, you don't even know what nothing is. You don't even know what nothing looks like. You don't know. You have no idea what nothing looks like. And I've walked with people that have nothing. That won't let you buy them dinner, but will, will take everybody's plate as they're, if they're done eating what they do, and they'll, and they'll clean it one right after the other. When you think your chicken's done, they'll, they'll make your chicken done. When you think that fish is done, they'll finish your fish. And they'll smile. And thank you, thank you for giving to us and giving to me. You don't know what nothing is. He loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to give out of my lack. I'm going to give out of my abundance. I'm going to give out of my breath that he gave me. I'm going to give him praise. I, I'm going to give. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to do much because I've been given much. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Young person, 
I didn't come to scold anybody today. I came to give you the truth of the Word of God. That when mom and dad are gone and when, you, when, you're, when you're the prodigal that squandered dad's resources or grandpa's resources, mom and dad, you need, you need to understand the reason I am emphatic. I have a passion for our kids and grandkids like very few things. Very few things. They burden my heart. They burden my heart night and day. Because I know if we don't see the light when we're gone, they're not going to know how to live because we didn't teach them. They're not, they're not going to have what you had because they don't work. And they think they're sitting back waiting on somebody to bring it to them and give it to them, and it doesn't work that way. I'm going to tell you there was a promise. See, we know the, how many know the promises of God are yes and in him, amen? And there's promises that wasn't in mama's promise box. And one of those promises is after man fall, God told Adam, by your sweat of your brow, you will live the, the days of your life. That's right. You will live. Yeah. Do you understand what that means? You're going to work right. to live. To live. Right. And if you don't work, you don't live. Right. And then you give. Let me help you. Give and it shall be given unto you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. It says, shall men give unto your bosom. Then say God. Give, and it shall be given. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. I always putting Katrina on the spot, but I'm gonna tell you, Mag's a different church than it was four years ago. I used to make her nervous as a cat. Say, just give it. Oh, just give it. Oh, we need to do that as a missionary or whatever. Just give it, cat. Write the check. Evangelist is struggling hard times through COVID. Just write, just write the check, cat. Just write it. Well, I don't know what we're going to do. Just write the check. And month after month, year after year, Mag has grown physically, spiritually, and unbelievably financially. No, we're not stupid. God leads and you obey. But I'm going to tell you, to whom much is given, much shall be required. I'm going to meet the requirement. This is scriptural. Stand with me all over this place.